Well, look who's back for more Second Cup. It's you. And it's me, your host, Tim Heller. My guest for today's episode is Katie Cross. Katie has spent her life in the theater world, earning her bachelor's degree from Texas State University, go Bobcats, and her master's of arts degree in theater directing from the Chicago College of Performing Arts at Roosevelt University. She has also navigated some really interesting career pivots from teaching in the theater world to now working at a really cool job at Covenant Lighting in Houston. If you've been enjoying Second Cup, I'd like to invite you to show support for us in any of the following ways. First is by sharing episode links on social media and tagging at Tim Heller Creative. Second is by rating, leaving reviews, and subscribing in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're consuming podcasts. Third is subscribing, liking, and commenting on our YouTube channel, Tim Heller Creative. Second Cup playlist has all of the episodes. And finally, if you want to support financially, you can Venmo at Tim Heller Creative or reach out via email to me at Tim at TimHellerCreative.com to discuss sponsoring one or several episodes. Any and all of these actions mean a ton and really help boost the show's visibility. And any of the financial support goes directly back into the show by sending some small gifts to my guests and hiring more people to help me manage the boatload of content I have so I can properly promote them all. Quick note, Katie's internet cut out on us a couple times during this interview, but I think I managed to smooth everything out okay. Now, top off your beverage, get comfy, and enjoy this episode of Second Cup with Katie Cross. Hey, Katie, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Uh, I am I am awake and busy yes. and very excited to be here. <laughs> Great. I'm, a, I'm so excited to have you. I, uh, I'm always excited when I see people take me up on the... 8 a.m. time slot. It's either going to be like, like we are dragging ourselves here, or we are up and and ready mm. to go. So that is, I am the up and ready to go. So yes, that is. It's a, a sober superpower of mine now that I I, I love it. Had in high school, and now it has returned. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the early bird club. Uh, we have t-shirts. <laughs> oh, great! I'll uh, I'll put my size order in. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Well, Katie, I'd I'd love to jump right in because I I see we have a lot of crossover in yeah. in our lives, and I'm surprised we haven't run into each other more and yes. and and had more conversations already. So, um, between Texas State uh, College Station with my wife's family and mm-hmm. Chicago with uh, uh, your master's degree at uh, Roosevelt, so. Yeah. I'll I'll let you take it away. I want to hear uh, and for our listeners to hear too uh, who you are, where you're at, uh, and and just a little snip of what you do. Oh my gosh, the Katie Cross bio in you know three minutes or less. Um, so yeah, I actually grew up with your wife Jessica in Bryan College Station, and we started doing theater together um, at a very young age, and we're really great friends and. Um, uh, that's what kind of how I started my artistic career as a performer. Uh, went to Texas State University. Yeah. Uh, majored. Yeah, go Bobcats. Um, majored in theater ed and was on the track to be a theater teacher. Um, I taught for um, about five years and then I started grad school at the University of uh, the Chicago College of Performing Arts at Roosevelt and got my master's degree in directing and that was the best artistic experience of my life um made me just just an amazing program and um super proud of that that happened right before the world shut down of course and then um i taught a couple more years and then i made a huge career change um uh, about a year almost a year ago yeah a year ago and congratulations um, thank you thank you it was one of the hardest things i've ever done 
Um, and now I work for an audio, video, and lighting company here in Houston called Covenant. And we, um, I am the director of the education side of business. So all things schools related, college related, when it comes to technical theater gear. Um, and it's been an amazing experience. And uh, I live here in Houston and I still, um, I'm on like a, a, a performance sabbatical right now, but I'm hoping to get back into the performing and directing world in Houston next semester. And um, as you can see, I have one of my dogs uh, I'm a dog. I'm a tripod mom, so I've got two <laughs> three-legged pups, and um, that's just kind of where we're at in in three minutes or less. <laughs> wow, that is so cool, Katie. I mean, so gosh, I I would love to start with what I, I would love to start at the beginning and and start with the yeah. teaching route and going to Texas State, and um, I know their theater ed program is uh, from what. I knew of it while I was there. I think we had, I think we overlapped for a year. You I did, think so, what, year did you graduate? Like, 2011? I, uh, yeah, 11. But that whole year I wasn't on campus because you're like student teaching. So I was like Great. never around campus. Yep. So I that explains. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I would love to hear who inspired you to be a theater teacher. What drew you to that initially? And then, uh, and then to go and get your master's in Chicago, uh, just cause that I know for a lot of folks who, who grow up in Texas too, at least in my experience, it's been like, but I'm going to like stick it out here for the most part. And like, what drew you yeah. to that, uh, that program at Roosevelt? Yeah. So starting off, um, I was raised in the classroom. My mother retired last year, was a teacher for 29, 28 years. So I grew up in the classroom and I, growing up, I was like, I am never going to teach. This is not what I'm going to do. I'm going to mm -hmm. go be a performer on Broadway. And lo and behold, like I had the greatest mentor, you know, right in front of me. I didn't even know. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I started my college journey, it was performance based. And then I worked at a camp for nine weeks and I lived with 14 to 16 year olds in a cabin and I absolutely loved it. And then I was like, you know what? Um, if I enjoy this experience, I really need to reevaluate like what I want to do with my life professionally. And that mm. ultimately led to, okay, I'm going to change my major, you know, to teaching. And then once I kind of fell into that, it was, it was just automatic. Everything clicked. It was really great. I had all these skills of watching, you know, my mom teach for years that I just knew. And so, um, that's kind of how I got into it. I didn't do theater in high school. Um, I did choir um, and then just did, you know, performing on the side and professionally. So I didn't know what a high school theater experience was. I had no idea what one act play was. I had no clue, um, which was a great learning experience when I was thrown into it. And then I had uh -huh. to leave it. Um, <laughs> so, so that, you know, I've had amazing mentors along the way. Um, you, we talked about uh, the Texas State program and Velasco Silhavi is the head of the theater ed program and she's amazing and was the most amazing help and mentor, you know, getting me ready for my first couple of years. Katie, I think I lost you. Uh, hey, welcome back. <laughs> sorry about that. No, no, no. Don't apologize. It's all good. This has happened a couple times okay. and it's really easy okay. for me to just like pick up and then go. So I think the last thing Perfect. I heard was um, it was as you were transitioning into Texas State going uh, for your theater degree. Okay. Perfect. Uh, uh, so I transferred to Texas State uh, for um, 
my theater degree. And there is where I really got mentored to be a theater teacher, learn the ins and outs. It's an amazing program. Uh, Velasquez Dilhavy, who is the head of the program now, was a great mentor to me and still is, and just one of the best teaching professors ever. Um, so I got my first job right after I graduated, and off I went into teaching world. Um, and then kind of how I got into grad school was um, uh, my good friend, Jeremy Torres, the late Jeremy mm. Torres, who was my directing mentor for years. Yeah. Yeah. Love him. Um, and he was the one that was like, well, you know, you're a director. You're really a director at heart. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and he really encouraged me to look and reach out. And so I did a Google search and was just like, I want to still teach. I'm very not, you know, I'm not rich. So I need to still be able to have income. <laughs> um, and there's a couple of like summer programs for educators that are out there. And this one was specifically to be a director. And I was like, that's what I want to do. That's what I need to hone my skills on. That's what I need to. So I didn't know anything about it. I applied on the very last day you could. Um, and uh, found out the next week that I was in. And I was like, oh my wow. gosh, I'm going to Chicago. I don't know anybody. Like, let's do it. And so um, the program is uh, like an eight-week intensive in the summer. You live in Chicago. It's a fast-track program. So it really uh. is like a directing MFA in like nine weeks or less for three years. Holy um, crap. It's, let me <laughs> intense, <laughs> but again, like you have the most amazing teaching artists from Chicago teaching us. You know, from and DePaul, what a time of the... year to be in the city too. Like Chicago oh. in the summer is, it's it just everything. insane. People talk like when I lived in New York, people were like, oh, New York City in the summer is amazing. I'm like, you know, it's fine in the summer, but it's like real swampy. And Chicago is just the best. It, the whole city comes alive. It really does. And, and again, to be like with a cohort of 20 of your closest friends mm -hmm. and learning theater every day and then hanging out and going out and seeing theater at night or doing all the fun Chicago things. Like I fell in love with that city. It is a part of me. It is like I have like a shelf in my living room just with all my Chicago memories because it, it shaped me who I was, you know, in my like late 20s. And it was it was the best. And so yeah. I got to produce my thesis with my high school students and my professor flew down to Texas, graded me. It was wild. It was the most insane thing, but it, it was amazing. So that's, that's, it's really random how I found the program. But again, like yeah. I made my lifelong friends and it that's was so wonderful. cool. Who were some of yeah. the teachers and, and what were some of the theaters that you got to work with? I know Roosevelt's pretty deeply ingrained in, in, yeah. Oh my gosh. There. So, you know, we had, um, what, you know, one of my favorite classes was uh, Damon Keeley. He is a theater directing, the head of theater directing at the Paul mm. and watching him in the rehearsal space and learning how to be a, 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 an effective director in the rehearsal space changed everything about how I thought about directing. Um, and it was just amazing. And he, actually has like a series of books out on directing that are just phenomenal. And it's that, that class changed my life tremendously. Um, and then we got to, we got to work with a ton Steppenwolf looking glass. Hmm. We didn't add a, an, a device theater class with um, two of the ensemble members from looking glass. And I was just like, I didn't know theater like that existed really. Um, yeah. Looking glass is a special place. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. 
I saw the, the Moby Dick, their Moby Dick, and it was amazing. And it, again, changed my life. And step, everything from Steppenwolf, I was just like, this is where it's at. Like, this is, like, this is good theater. So, uh, yeah, just being immersed in those amazing programs was just worth, worth everything. Yeah. Oh, no, Katie. Good luck with your editing skills on this one. <laughs> like, what the what? <laughs> it's all it seriously is so okay I'm like, it's well, making it fun and exciting it's keeping me yeah. on my toes so I'm the like, last I thing i heard from, this time yeah oh sorry go ahead go ahead i was gonna say i work from home all day for the most part and this never happens so i'm like what well, of course it's gonna happen today it is so okay that happens to me when i'm recording with clients is like i will have no issues with my remote software to plug in to an engineer yeah. in germany's board and then right. the second i have a session with somebody in new york or new jersey it just like says eh, eh not today not to, yeah wild um, okay. wild wild so uh, the okay so last time i last thing i heard this time was steppenwolf that's where all the great theater i, I mean one of the many places where great theater is and then it yeah. grows yeah um uh, uh steppenwolf and um we talked about looking glass and um i got to produce my thesis down here in texas with my right. students my professor flew in um and so um yeah it again it shaped me as who i was as an artist and i graduated right before the world shut down so it was really great to have all that knowledge and then produce digital theater uh, so, <laughs> yeah um, so with the world shutting down something that's come up with a lot of the other artists that i've had some conversations with on here it's i'm i love hearing how you navigated that and producing digital theater and what did that look like for you and with your students um we've had some people on who are uh, producing work with uh, a company here in Austin for people with uh, disabilities in theater. And mm. then we have, uh, I've had a guest on who produced immersive theater in London uh, uh, digitally and remotely. And so I'd love to hear how you navigated that and how, uh, how it was received by the students. Man, that was, you know, talk about being stretched, talk about being stressed. <laughs> yeah. What, when, so when it originally, when everything happened, we, um, we didn't produce anything really the you know it was march so we graduated kids in may so it was just like a lot of keep in touch with your students and make sure they're okay cool um we come back in august and we still don't know what's going on um we are not allowed to i mean every rule changed every you know everything was shifting so quickly um my demographic of students is a lot different than other schools in the district where a lot of my students, their parents work night shifts, so they are in charge of the family during the daytime. So they were not coming to campus. They were having mm -hmm. to take care of younger siblings or get a part-time job. So ultimately, what we the first thing we did was um, we we did a like a BIPOC theater festival. And what we did is we put students in breakout rooms on Zoom, and they recorded scenes that we found from um, playwrights of Black Indigenous people of color. And um, that was kind of our first, like, trek into it. I was like, I know we can record. I know they can create costumes. It was very much like, let's figure this out, and I will figure out how to broadcast it. And so that was our first step into the digital world. Um, it was, I mean, a lot. I uh, didn't know much about broadcasting. They do. <laughs> 
so that was our first step. And then the second thing that we did is we actually did the play trifles and it's a short, about 15 to 20 minute play. And we were like, we have the bandwidth to do that. And we got recording equipment from the AV uh, department and we would do rehearsals with two to three people. We actually did build a set on stage just to give the feeling of live theater as much as possible, especially for our technicians. And so yeah. It, you know, it it took us about three months to put it together, and then we made a film, and then um, we pe- people could buy tickets, and then you could go to our online box office, and we would stream it at performance time. Um, so we did it. It is not my cup of tea. Wow. It was not. It was not what I, I learned a lot, but I will not. I I'm happy to never do that again. <laughs> yeah. um, but I did learn a lot. But it was really how do we give our students this opportunity and how do we work within these creative boundaries, if you will. And so we made it mm-hmm. happen and the best that we could. And then finally the next semester we were able to be together on stage. That was really great. That's awesome. Wow. What yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, a roller coaster for everybody, but I feel teachers, especially uh, really one of my best friends is a teacher in New York city and watching mm-hmm. him have to navigate everything as even just, it was his spring break when we were all on vacation together when everything yes. shut down in New York. We were up in Vermont and mm-hmm. watching him just immediately go into work mode. He was like, I really don't have a spring break anymore. I'm figuring out like and just how it he ended up working more because he had to oh. film all these classes and put it and watching all the diff, how all the different schools approached it. It was uh, fascinating and inspiring. It was really wild. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It it did get to a point where I was like, I think my job in this pandemic as an online teacher is to make sure that my students' like mental health is okay. And so Mm -hmm. theater kind of took a backside um, about April. And I was just like, let's check in, let's talk. How are we doing? Do you need anything? Um, Because I know that they're having such a hard time in core classes. And I was like, let's, let's develop social and, you know, um, skills right now and i mean i was going through the same thing and that was just what we could sit in and share and i was just like yeah. this, like don't worry don't worry about this class so much i need you to worry about you know taking care of yourselves and others so it was it was difficult yeah yeah so heading out of teaching and and what was i love hearing how people pivot and what that little inner wisdom voice is um yeah because I've, I've not traditionally been great at it. I've just kind of just thrown myself at things and, and learning, learning more as I get older to how, how to listen or, or like what to listen for and how mm-hmm. to respond uh, when it comes to listening to my gut, listening to my heart or inner wisdom, God, the universe, um, mm-hmm. whatever, whoever. Uh, so what was that like for you? What was that? How did that start out for you um, to transition out of teaching and uh, what was that process like? Because I, I have to imagine it, it, it was extremely emotional and, and a difficult choice in, in some ways. Um, but I, I would love to hear what that process was like for you. Yeah, this is the best story. This is this is the coolest thing. Um, yes. So I taught my CEO's son at a school. And that mm-hmm. is how we met. And I became <laughs> his wife. His wife is on um, the booster club and we became really good friends and I really helped, uh, love their, both their students. We're still really close friends today. And he took me out to lunch, um, one, one day right before the pandemic and was like, what do you think about 
coming and working with us and and kind of just like put it in my brain and I was like no I love teaching this is great everything's wonderful um then the pandemic happened and I um I had a nervous I had a nervous episode um Mm -hmm. I had to move back home with my parents I had to reevaluate a lot of things get centered and in the back of my mind I was like I think I'm just going to call him. I think I'm just going to call Sean and just say, Hey, like, is this still, is this job available? Like, what do you think? Um, so I went out to uh, a year, almost a year later, I went out to dinner with, with him and Kim and, and I said, I, I think I need to, I think I need to come work. I want to come work. I think this is what I need. I need to change. And he just goes, I've just been waiting for you to make the call. i was like oh "Oh, okay um and so he was like i want you to sit on this for a month we have time Mm -hmm. it's march um and then in that month everything everything just in the my teaching world was not stable it was crumbling for a lack of better words it was insanely difficult and i was like we, I got to at least try this because this, what I'm doing in teaching is, is not working for me. Like, it's just not a viable career option for me right now, which is terrifying. You know, um, I knew I wasn't yeah. a lifer in teaching. I knew I wasn't a lifer, but I thought I at least had like four or five more years, like within me to, to keep going. But I, I just joined on. I didn't know. I know, I know tech theater equipment. I didn't know it as well as I thought I needed to. And I've learned a lot mm-hmm. here. So um, my boss saw a lot in me that I did not see in myself. And that is the reason why I love working for this company and how he sees employees and how he knows who to bring in and to like make this team. And so I got in and then two weeks later, he hired my um, systems designer who had a similar story um, just from the church world. And so we like, it's just been so fruitful and wonderful. And, um, you know, throughout this process, I was in therapy for two years because I didn't realize how taxing it was to navigate burnout and what Mm -hmm. that looks like, because I had been conditioned for 10 years to work 80 hour weeks and thought that was normal. Like, yeah. (laughs) When I look back now, I mean, it's wild, but that's, there was a lot of unpacking to do a lot and yeah. um, still work, still working through it, but obviously on a much better side of the situation now. And so how did burnout how I, manifest for you? Like how did that show up emotionally, physically for you? Just, I feel like it's valuable for people to, to hear yeah. different ways. Cause I know that for me personally, it's, my wife is my tuning fork. Jess is my tuning fork mm, for, mm. she will be more in tune with, uh, when I need to just like call it for a day um, where I feel like, Oh no, 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 no. I have to be, I can can make it through. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So um, a lot of it was um, like non-communication with my family because I was so tired. I wouldn't check in with my, my family. Um, I was binge drinking like a lot. It was, Mm -hmm. it was bad. That's, I think that was the biggest thing when I like woke up one day and I was like, I am, drinking way too much for any human Mm -hmm. um and then i was having um lots of physical symptoms sick um you know having panic attacks on the way to work which again thought that was normal like oh katie 
Katie from two years ago. That's like not normal. Um, like the, you know, the sun, everybody kind of talks about the Sunday scaries and as teachers. And I'm like, you, we shouldn't be having those. Like that, sh- it really shouldn't be a thing. Um, but I had those for years, just the anxiety of going to work the next week or what I had to do. And so, um, ultimately the biggest signs was really the binge drinking and like what was happening to my physical health. And, mm. and that's where the healing started was physically. Cause I was like, I'm trying to bandaid a lot of things, but it's just not working. So that's, those were like the main, the main, you know, things. And, um, you know, I don't have a, a, a significant other or a partner. So I, it, I have to check in a lot with myself and, and, mm-hmm. and do those kind of check-ins, which is hard, but it's, it's what I have to do. So, but yeah, those, yeah. I mean, those are the What a valuable ones. skill and, to be learning is to check in and be self-reliant. That's absolutely, that's uh, admirable that you have jumped into therapy and committed to, to that. That's oh awesome. my gosh. One of the, again, one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life ever but again so necessary so necessary. and that's what that's the kind of shit that shapes us right that's the that's Ugh. what it, when you're going through it it freaking sucks but I, th- I think going through the the hard stuff that i've had to go through and some of it's been more drawn out some of it's been short-lived mm-hmm. some of it is mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle uh mm-hmm. the more you go through hard stuff the more you're able to sit in it and realize okay cool if i can go through this intentionally and take that time to really receive all the data that's coming in and know yeah. that uh, there is a flip side to this coin, mm-hmm. then it's, it, you, it, it just makes it a lot easier. It, it doesn't make it less, less hard. If that makes sense, it doesn't make it less hard. Yeah. It just makes it a little bit easier 100%. to, to navigate. Absolutely. Like 100%. And that's where, I think for me of just learning like coping mechanisms and like, I know like the first five things I need to do when I start feeling a certain way and just like pop through those. And usually I'm set, you know, and I learned how like how important like physical activity was for me, my body and my brain, I have to move my body to be like mentally okay, which was wild to me, but it's so important. So yeah, that was also like part of the extremely important for mental health. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, with, so now, so I'm here and happy now, and I'm so much better. <laughs> Yay! We're here. We we're happy. It. It's early. Caffeinated. Hundred percent. Let's fucking yes. go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So you're with Covenant yep. now. So so, uh, what what is next? Like, what are you? What gets you excited about work? What gets you excited about life? What's what's coming up for you? Yeah. I mean, you know, so at work, I'm really excited because I have found a space where I can educate and advocate um, and still stay like education adjacent. Um, And so we have a lot of really awesome projects coming down for high schools. Um, Currently, the trend right now for audio video lighting gear is retrofitting um, performing arts centers with LED lights and upgraded sound systems. Um, which is just amazing because we're on the cusp of all this technology and ushering it into the theater space is amazing, um, but also making it accessible for teachers to learn as well because we weren't getting taught how to run LED video walls in college. Oh, no. I've lost you again. 
We almost got through. We almost got through. <laughs> I know we almost made it. And I'm thinking, am I that bad of an interviewer that Katie no, just I'm... wants to dip? So she needs to take a no. breather every five, 10 minutes. She's like, Tim is exhausted. This is what a no. jerk. It's <laughs> uh, fine. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, last thing I heard was uh, the getting the teachers educated on the equipment as well in the in the yeah. schools. Yeah, yeah. So um, it my platform in this job is to you know educate educators on this new gear that's coming down the pipeline because you're not seeing any of this in your collegiate training. You're not learning how to work with this high end tech gear that that mm-hmm. schools are paying millions of dollars to put in spaces which we love, advocate for the arts, let's do it. But we can't just put the gear in and say, peace out. Um, yeah. And so that is where I am stepping in and, and trying to fill that gap of education and knowledge and say, okay, let me get my team in here. Let's learn. Let's, let's teach your students. Let's get them the professional development they need and, and help support them in this aspect since they have so much to do already. Um, so we have quite a few like really amazing projects coming down the pipeline. Um, we're finishing one this week, which I'm so excited about. We're going to do a whole thing on social media about it. Um, and it was like one of the first projects I got when I first got on board. So that's exciting. We're expanding into the Austin area. We have a San Antonio office, so I'm excited. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I don't know that area as well as I know Houston. So very excited about that. And so, um, just a lot of great things for our education team and 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 my company, you know. So that's exciting on um, coming down the horizon and things yeah. like that. And personally, I am I, I think I'm ready to start dipping my toe into performing and directing again. I, I exciting. Have a good long break. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. So I'm you know trying to see what's out there and see you know what shows are coming up and. I, I've kind of configured my timeline and my schedule a lot better so I can and manage everything else. So um, hopefully we'll see either a show I'm directing soon or me on stage soon is what I'm hoping. So that's awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. And does Covenant and manufacture then, all of their own lights too? Is it similar to ETC in, in that way? Or do you, you are more on the expert like installation, education and, and that side of things? We are on, um, we are a vendor for manufacturers. So we do, um, we rep ETC, Verilite, Strand, awesome. I mean, little Chauvet, American DJ, Alation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we rep them all. So we are in talks with the higher ups of those companies to say, hey, here's what our clients need. Are we making any gear, you know, that can help them Got with it. that? So that's another great thing. I love just getting to know these companies and how they work and their gear like that it's amazing that's awesome yeah yeah and then i know a lot more about tech now than i ever thought i could and i was doing <laughs> doing a demo i think a couple of weeks ago and my coworkers, who are industry professionals have been for many many years they're like thank you <laughs> i've been working so hard <laughs> um and we're doing it. So it's it's cool to see, again, growth in such a short amount of time. So um, that's exciting. Exciting for teachers and exciting for students and, and me. That's awesome. 
If you had one thing that you wanted to share with teachers who are thinking about a pivot, this is in no way a ploy to to have teachers leave or initiate a mass exodus. But if you had if one thing to say, I guess to to people in general who are feeling like they need to change or pivot or they have that little Jiminy Cricket in the back of their head encouraging them to to make a pivot, what would you what would one piece of advice be to them? Um You have to trust your heart and and your and your gut. And I, I kind of compare it to because I do talk to a lot of teachers who are ready to leave. Um, it's it's inevitable that they're going to reach out, and I will help in any way that I can. Um, but if you're fighting something so hard, and if you're wrestling with it so much, engage in the idea of like leaning in something else I think artistically we do that a lot I do know as a director sometimes I think this is the thing that's going to work on stage or the concept and I keep fighting it and it's not working and and then I just take a hard lean somewhere else and that opened up a way or opened up a solution and if you if you feel in your gut in your heart that this is not a viable option for you it's like that's okay I think mm. a lot of times teachers have to grant themselves the permission to say, this is not working for me um, yeah. because it comes, it comes with a lot of stipulation. It comes with a lot of guilt because you're in charge of this youth of America teachers, hearts, every teacher, like we're there because like less of us, more of others. And so you feel there's a lot of guilt associated with it. But at the end of the day, you know, you're the one that has to come home to your family or be there for yourself. And you have to, you have to, get comfortable with putting yourself first. And that's a very hard concept to learn. And it took me a very long time. Um, and I echo that to educators who do reach out and they're like, I just don't know. And I'm like, what you nine times out of 10, when they're telling me this, I'm like, this is exactly how I felt. And they're just like, no one talks about it. And I'm like, I know because it's hard. I mean, it's hard, but you trust yourself. You trust yourself as an educator, as a professional, trust yourself as a human. Um, and just see where yeah. where it can go. So I am always happy to help and talk. And I know, you know, again, my, my whole career right now is based on educators, but I'm also here like as human to human, I want you to be okay and I want you to like have a great yeah. life. And if you're not doing that, we have to reevaluate. So. Yeah. Do you feel like the pandemic helped accelerate that permission for you? 100%. 100%. I think yeah. we got to see a period of time of what it looks like with less res more or less responsibilities, more time with ourselves, more time to spend with family, more time to heal. And we were like, Oh, this is a life that I like. This is a life that I want to live. And the way that the education system is specifically in Texas um, doesn't allow for that. And I don't know when it will. And I actually had a coworker jokingly was like, would you ever return? And I said, there has to be, I mean, a huge major overhaul in the education system. Yeah. And I just don't see that happening. So for me personally, not for everybody, but yeah, um, yeah. so, yeah, but that's, I think we all got a glimpse into what life could be. And so now a lot of them are, you know, really setting their ground on contract hours and time put in and expectations. And I am here for it. And I'm like, yeah, do it. <laughs> you yeah. know, so. 
I know this I this notion of quiet quitting, I think, is kind of bullshit. It's not quiet quitting. It's just working your what your contract says and yes. and and asking for more if you're asked to do more. And that's yes. uh and even as a freelancer for me it's I'm I'm like at, I've been full time doing this for a couple of years now and it's I'm having to set those boundaries with clients too saying and like people will I have one client in particular who will try to guilt trip me into doing stuff and I had to set a boundary with them and say mm-hmm. I'm not working with you if you're going to do this cuz this is it's <laughs> Your your yeah. lack of management of resources and time is not my responsibility. Like it's not my company, and I can be a team Great. player, I'm, and I love being a team player. But it's not, mm-hmm. it's not my it's not my job to fix your problems or to you know to work past where where I'm contractually obligated to. Yeah, what, like I preach it louder for the folks in the back. I mean, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like that's again, it, but it's something I had to learn, and now that I'm in corporate world i'm like oh when teachers are like oh they want me to do this i'm like well then ask them how much money and they're like i can't do that i'm like yes you can you 100 Mm percent can and i'm like the first thing you should do in a contract negotiation (laughs) first thing you look at is how much money and then you ask for more because they are going to give you as little as possible up front yeah yeah for sure. Well, Katie, for thank sure. you so much for doing this and for navigating yeah. our, our technical issues uh, with Grace Appreciate and Apom. <laughs> and it's uh, it's just it's wonderful to see you and and to to really like get to meet you. And when yeah. I saw all of the connections we had, I was like, how? What? How have we not? In that wild, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, already. crazy. Well, when you all yeah, open I, your Austin office, let me know. We'll go out for grab yes. a coffee and uh, and catch up proper. And um, <laughs> I, before I cut you loose, I've got uh, four quick fire questions for you. All right. Uh, what okay. just a couple, two, three word answers, top of mind. Here we go. Okay. Uh, what's the nickname right. you were called in your childhood? Lulu. Lulu, uh, who inspires you right now? Uh, my friend Molly, Molly Castillo. Molly, shout out to Molly. Uh, what is a piece of content you can't get enough of right now? Can be a anything on social media. Can be a book. Can be a TV series, movie. Uh, I'm uh, currently reading uh, Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown, and I am awesome. diving deep. Yes, oh, love her. Uh, yes. Last question is: You can only have pizza one last time. Where from, and what's on it? We're just gonna we're just gonna have to do a Papa John's uh, meat lovers um, with the with that thick buttery crust and that garlic that garlic sauce. That's what we're doing. Dirty, yes, absolutely. Also, topping. if you haven't had Stars Pizza in Houston yet, you need to go. Oh, okay, it it's on is my list. so good. Their whole wheat crust, and they also actually do deep dish like a proper Chicago deep dish. Um, but okay, I'm gonna I've, have to I, check that out. Their whole wheat crust, normal, uh, regular schmegular pizza with whatever you want on it. Oh, good lord! And it's even and it's so good cold too. The next day, that's what like that's, sent it over the top for me. So that's really the test of like good pizza is really next day. That's yeah. That's where you got to judge it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Katie, thank you so much um, for taking the time to do this this morning, and I look forward to being able to uh, catch up in person sometime soon. Awesome. Would love to do that. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you kindly for listening to this episode of Second Cup featuring Katie Cross. To keep up with Katie on social media, you can follow her at Katie at Covenant. And you can also check out the Covenant website at covenantcommunications.com. Both of those are linked below in this episode's description to make it easy peasy. Second Cup is recorded and produced by Tim Heller Creative, LLC. If you enjoyed this episode or any of the previous ones, I invite you to show support for us in any of the following ways. First is by sharing episode links on social media and tagging at Tim Heller Creative. Second is by rating and leaving reviews in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you consume podcasts. Third is subscribing, liking, and commenting on our YouTube channel, Tim Heller Creative. And finally, if you want to support financially, you can Venmo me at Tim Heller Creative or reach out through email to Tim at TimHellerCreative.com to discuss sponsoring one or several episodes. All funds will be used to improve the show and provide the best experience for guests and listeners alike. Tune in next time for another incredible conversation and hopefully to learn something new from a really cool person. Later. Later.